everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. Over the weekend, I had the chance to sit down with two Thunderbirds who occupy a unique position in the UBC sports world as they are both dual sport athletes. I spoke with Jessica Williams of Women's Soccer and Track and Field and Sophia Kramer of Women's Soccer and Basketball about their respective sports journeys, why they decided to take a shot at competing in two sports at the varsity level, and the challenges and benefits that entails. Elsewhere, our Thunderbirds golf teams hit the course again in the second leg of their BC Rivalry Series. Women's Soccer played some BC opponents of their own, and we dive back a few decades for the Thunderbirds alum of the week. But first... Here is my interview with Jessica Williams and Sophia Kramer. This is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports, and I'm joined today by two Thunderbird athletes who both play not one, but two sports at the varsity level. We have Jessica Williams, a fourth-year student who is a member of both the women's soccer and track and field teams, and Sophia Kramer, a first-year student who is a member of both the women's soccer and basketball teams. Thank you both for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for us. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> Now, uh, before we begin, Jessica, I have to make sure that we clear something up. So on the UBC track and field roster page, you were listed at 5'6", but on the soccer roster page, you were listed at 5'5". I, I, I want to know what the truth is here. <laughs> I think, uh, honestly, I'm probably going to go with 5'6". I think I'm 5'6 in cleats, 5'6 in spikes, lift me up a little bit. But okay. in, when I'm flat-footed, I'm probably 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> so it's just a matter of whether you're on the field or not, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. I'm on the bench in 5'5", five, five, on the field in 5'6". Okay. <laughs> I, should to, I should get them to change that because it makes a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference in how people perceive you, I guess, if they're looking oh. you up on the roster page. Actually, yeah. And because I play like center back, I feel like the taller I am is probably more intimidating to people. When other teams are scouting you. Exactly. They're like, like, oh, oh, we're going up against a 5'6 center back. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's 5'5, five, five, not that intimidating. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, to get things fully underway, I'm going to start with the question that I feel I'm obligated to ask at some point in this interview, so we're just going to get it out of the way. So of the two sports that each of you play for the Thunderbirds, do you guys have a favorite sport? Ooh, this is a, this is a tough question. Um, I think... I mean, I think I can speak for like both of us when I'm saying this. It's just like we do two sports for a reason because like we were, you know, conflicted with our passions. And so um, I think when I'm in, I think something that I've realized, like I love them both, you know, for different reasons. I love team sports because you get to work together with people. But then I love individual sports because it's really it's the what the work that you as an individual put in is pretty much what you get out and sometimes the, those frustrations happen in team sports like playing soccer because if I'm having like you know the best game of my life but like our attackers aren't scoring goals like it doesn't matter we could still lose the game but if I have like a really good race and you know the outcome is good like that's all me and so I don't have to worry about like anyone else and what they're doing I can just focus on myself which is fun but I think when I'm doing soccer like that's what I want to be doing when I'm running track that's how I like that's what I want to be doing too and I've had success in both so but I think I don't know I find track a little bit more stressful at times because it is more individual but um I like I don't know I like them both for different reasons soccer's more I would say soccer's a little bit more fun um just because you can just you know scrimmage and training and whatnot and track is like I'm there you know 
hitting lactic acid, which isn't always fun, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's more, it's at times more rewarding. I would say track is. Do you have an opinion, Sophia? Uh, yeah. Well, my situation is a little different. I'm not one for individual sports. I definitely like my team sports. Um, and so like when it comes to soccer and basketball, I find they're both like similar and then different. Um, and like Jess said, like, I like the differences that they both have. Um, for me, I don't think I could pick a favorite, which is why I'm in both of them. <laughs> um, and so far, I've enjoyed like both the UBC teams so much, so it's it's really hard to say. <laughs> what was your guys's sports journey like when you were younger? Like, was there something you started playing first and then you picked up the other one a little bit later? Or was it always a mix of uh, different things? Let's start with you, Sophia, this time. Sure. Um, yeah. So I feel like like almost every like athlete starts soccer <laughs> was one of their first sports it's just super easy to play when you're little so that was my first sport I started that when I was super young I think like four or five and then um I didn't get into basketball until I was seven or eight I think um just because it's a little bit harder I find to learn how to dribble the ball and use your hands like that um but yeah, my, both my parents were professional basketball players, so they definitely wanted me to get into basketball as soon as possible. But yeah, I started with soccer. What about you, Jessica? Um, that's actually so funny that Sophia said that, because that's the same thing that happened to me, like to a T. So first sport I ever played, from what I can remember, soccer. Uh, it's like, I think it's one of the earliest sports you can play, like organized. Um, so like I can, I have done soccer since I was probably like four years old. It was the first sport I ever did. And then track kind of just went hand in hand because both my parents were also professional track runners. And I come like all my siblings were um, like really involved in track and field. And like, you know, both my parents were involved in the track and field community too. So it kind of was just something that like I always did. Like in elementary school, we'd have like the year end track meets. And like I never did like outside club track and field. I just did it for fun at school. And like even through high school, I didn't train. My mom was a track and field coach. So I soccer was like always my first priority because like you had to go to team practice otherwise you weren't going to play or they wouldn't want you on the team but track is one of those things that like you just have to go to the meets and no one really cares what your training is outside of it it doesn't matter just how you perform on race day so like I probably only started getting into like I would go to practices in high school like every so often when I didn't have soccer going on and then I probably got a little bit more serious with it I think in grade 11 and 12 is when I started to go to like organized practices along with soccer, which was a lot, but it kind of, it needed to happen because I don't know, when you're a young kid, you're kind of a super freak and you don't need to train for anything and you're fine. But I noticed that like, I needed to put in a little bit more work on the track to see the benefits. So that's when I started to kind of take it more seriously. Um, just because I noticed like, just going to soccer practice wasn't going to, you know, win me meets or get me a good time. So I needed to put in a little bit more work, but I always probably have participated in soccer a lot more than track just because of like the team aspect of things. And given that you guys both had parents who played the same sports that you guys now play at a high level, did you guys ever feel an element of pressure feeling that you had to live up to something or play it at a high level? Uh, I can start off with that one. Uh, yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, I feel like uh, both my parents kind of, they want me to do my best, um, of course, but they also like, like for their own personal reasons, they feel like they didn't 
do as well as they could have in their sports. So I think they want me to really push myself to so that I live up to whatever potential I have. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's funny because like, I think parents put pressure on kids regardless. Like, I think it's funny because there's parents that have never, like, moms and dads that have never played soccer, like, in their entire life, and they're just, like, so involved and telling their kid what they think they should be doing and blah, 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 like, why didn't you make this pass, that game that was terrible, like, blah, 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 or, like, I, I never, like, I've, I've had, like, my moments with my parents where that happens, but considering that they both were, like, super high-level professional athletes in track and field, I think that, especially my, my mom is kind of, like, she's, like, the goat of like female distance running. So she got a bronze medal back in the day. And um, I think what's funny is that like, she like she just wants me to be happy and like be healthy and do really well. And, but I think it's like, what I've noticed is that it's more people's outside perspective that like, because my mom like got a bronze medal or my dad was also an Olympian, that that's what I should be striving for or that's what they expect me to be striving for. And like, if I'm not doing that, people are kind of like, whoa, like, you're not trying to be an Olympian too, like your parents. And I'm like, well, like, maybe, but also like, I have other things and other interests. And then how many times I've gotten not even like, like, my, I've had the, ch I had the chat with my parents, like a couple times about like, oh, like, maybe you should stick to one sport so you can like really pursue it. And like, it's always like from my dad more so it's been like, you have so much potential in track, like, just, you know, you should just put all your eggs in one basket, like soccer is taking away from it. Because like, for track and field, they're um for females there's more of an opportunity because like if you run if you run the fast times like you make the team it's there's no politics involved it's like you either you make it or you don't versus like soccer I could be you know considered in some people's eyes like an amazing player should be on the national team whatever but if someone doesn't pick me for that spot like I won't get there so I think that's kind of where if they've ever talked about me you know cutting soccer and just going to track and seeing where it can go they just it's more from a they, they, they see, like, they see the potential in me, and that I could do it, but it's more, like, if it doesn't make me happy, they, they don't push that kind of on me, but I've had lots of, like, funny conversations with people just being, like, like, why don't you just quit soccer and be an Olympian like your parents, and, like, well, funny enough, we're actually not the same people, and I have other interests and aspirations, and, like, if it were to happen, like, that's awesome, but it's not the be-all, end-all for me, anyways. It's just that easy. Just be an Olympian. Why not? Yeah. Like <laughs> everyone's doing it. And it's always from people that like don't play sports or they don't run track or they don't play soccer and they have like no idea like what it takes, what's involved. And like, also, I don't know, just like with injuries and stuff too. Like I'm a, I'm injured all the time and it's probably cause I play two sports, but at the same time, like it makes me happy and I love it. And like, yeah, I'm probably not getting the, the best out of both, but at the end of the day, like, I'm enjoying it and it's fun and I got to meet a whole bunch of people at school and university and I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything yeah that leads in perfectly to what I was going to ask you next is was going to say there's I feel there's this general sense that athletes especially ones with aspirations at playing at a higher level should specialize into one sport at a certain age whether that's high school maybe even earlier it's like why didn't you guys do that um well, I think, like, since it's my first year, like, I wanted to try it, um, try out both. Like, this is kind of, like, especially, like, the way things are going with both our, like, seasons being canceled. Kind of, like, a trial year for me just to see, like, like how much I enjoy them and um, if I do enjoy one more than the other. 
um, I just thought like if I did pick one, I would have regrets and I didn't want to regret anything. So yeah, here I am. <laughs> um, yeah, just, I guess in regards to specializing from a young age, um, there's a lot of like, as for track and field in particular, there's a lot of like um, studies that have shown that like youth development doesn't always correlate to like senior level development. Um, just because like it's tracks really hard on the body. And so my, like, I'll use my mom as an example because she's amazing. Um, she didn't actually, she was a swimmer and then she didn't pick up track and field until like grade 11. Um, and then she ended up, she was like, she was decent in college, like, you know, made it to NCAAs and that kind of stuff, but she wasn't winning it. Um, but then she really excelled once she got out of university. And I find that what happens with a lot of females is they go really hard from a young age, um, especially like, you know, high school, like the goal is to get a full ride scholarship, you know, win nationals, make, you know, younger teams, and then they hit university, their bodies change. It's, you know, they add the extra stress of school and like a high level track and field training program. And it, it can either make or break athletes. And a lot of the times, I think the pressure um, of like, if you start from a young age, when you're like, I'm going to be an Olympian, a lot of the times I feel like for females anyways, I can't really speak to males, but um, I find it, a lot of times it ends up breaking athletes and there's only a very select special few that make it out okay that specialize from a young age but a lot of a lot of the stories of people now that are doing really well especially like in more distance running it's a lot of it's been coming from like development in later years so like it's there's been so many athletes that have been coming out that like people are like who is this person like we've never heard of them and it's like well they picked it up later and they just got got better at it because they didn't put their body through a whole bunch of pain from a young age. But I think they're um, like, unfortunately, I think in Canada, I like the, like what we've adopted for soccer is you get kind of selected from a young age and they basically like groom you. Um, and so it was happening to me a bit. Like I was in and out of like the Whitecaps program and BC soccer. And I had a couple of opportunities to like make it to like the next level, I would say like with Canada soccer, but they didn't end up picking me and they picked other girls instead who were, you know, I don't know how much different they were at the time, but they've now, because they've been selected and given like all of the tools to like succeed and given the opportunities, like they're excelling, which is like fantastic for them. But like with soccer, it's hard because like there's lots of politics involved, but, and if you don't get into it from a young age, they, you won't even be considered um, like if you're just all of a sudden started playing really well, they're like, well, we've never heard of you. We don't know you. You didn't come from our, like, we didn't pick you then like you probably won't make it. And if you look at like the national team now, all of the girls have been selected from a very young age and have been moved through like the Canada soccer, like program that they have for people. So, but track and field is different, which is why I don't really think kids should start it from a young age. Cause it is super hard in the body and it should just be a fun thing. And yeah, people get too stressed out about it. So when you guys made the decision of I'm going to go to UBC and I'm going to be a varsity athlete at both of these two sports, were there people that told you that this was not the best decision for you guys to, uh, to make? Um, for sure. Uh, it was uh, like me getting the opportunity because I was the, the, the first female dual sport athlete at UBC and there have been males before who have done it successfully and I remember like during my like recruiting process for like I was getting recruited for both track and field and soccer separately 
like by different schools like some yeah. were just recruiting you for one sport yeah yeah and so then I remember just being like oh like it, it was just such a thing because like I would wake up one day and I'd be like oh my god I could see myself doing track and field and like California or something and then I was like oh but it'd be so fun to like go somewhere else and play soccer like it just was like there's so many variables but I never when it came like decision time I just like I panicked and I couldn't pick one and I think UBC kind of was this like safe almost like utopia kind of decision that nowhere else kind of offered so I had a couple of I did have a couple of other dual sport offers from other schools but they were like academically not what I would have picked and that's I think why they came to me being like oh you can play you can do both sports here no problem because like the school wasn't that fantastic and for me like at the end of the day like education is is why I'm at university and it's why I'm at UBC so like sports are great but like if I wasn't if I if I came out of university not having a great education and I didn't end up going to the professional level for sports like I I would be screwed right so I had to take that into consideration and then when my when our soccer coach was like hey why don't you I'll talk to the track coach like you can totally run track and play soccer here like we want to have you and they were so like the like it was like the perfect setup and I was close to home too and I don't know I'm a bit of a homebody and I was anxious about going to university so it kind of was just like it was comfortable and it felt right so that's why I ended up going to UBC. What about you Sophia what kind of response did you get when you decided to try out this uh, dual sport setup? Yeah. Um, yeah. People still think like I'm a little crazy for doing it. Um, but I just think like it was such a great opportunity. How could I not take it? Like the fact that I can play for like two, like such elite teams. Um, yeah, I had to do it and it's actually been going really well. Um, (laughs) um, well, you haven't had any games yet. That's true. I mean, it's definitely different. So it's actually kind of a dual sport athlete's dream right now, I think, because (laughs) It's not too much like loading, but um, yeah, so far I'm not going crazy. So. And what was the uh, recruitment like for you? If I, if I remember correctly, your announcements for the soccer and the basketball team were announced around like a month apart or at least a few weeks apart. Like, were you being recruited for both or is it I, I a separate thing? I wasn't planning on playing basketball at the post-secondary level. I, I didn't think like I was really there. Um, at that time but then once I got like recruited for soccer and like I knew UBC is where I wanted to go I was like okay maybe I can do it so then I started talking to Jesse and he was like yeah like that would be great and then the basketball coach was like oh I didn't even know like you were looking to play post-secondary basketball and I was like oh it wasn't really I wasn't really but then yeah she gave me the opportunity and I was like yeah sounds good I'll take it. <laughs> so we've had athletes from a wide variety of sports in our show whenever any of them talk about the schedules with training games everything else it's always such a big time commitment and that's just for one sport so my question for you is why would you do this to yourself <laughs> oh, in all seriousness in all seriousness though like what is the the time commitment like I guess Jessica you'd probably have a better answer to this yeah. because you've been at UBC in previous more normal years yeah, um, I think, well, for me, it's been, okay, so, like, when we have our first day of preseason, it's usually, like, August 1st or something, so, like, August 1st until our last game, so, when however far we make it in playoffs or whatever, I am full soccer, 
Um, so that's just my normal soccer training schedule. And then I usually take about 10 days, two weeks off and just chill and decompress and try and figure out my injuries. I'm usually injured at the end of every soccer season. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, I, I do lots of rehab and then I, I do like a little mini kind of fitness training camp over winter break to get my body back to kind of like getting used to just running and not doing lots of like kind of soccer stuff. Cause it's, it is like it, as much as it is similar, it's very different at the same time. And then from January, when we head back to school, I'm full track until as far as I make it. Um, so yeah, like in my first year was the only year that I've properly done it all, made it all the way to, you know, both ends of the spectrum for soccer and track. So like we didn't, we got, we made it to, I think we got fourth in my first year for Can West and then we didn't go to nationals. And then I ended up getting fifth at NAIs. So like our track nationals in my first year. And then second year I was injured uh, in track. So I ended up redshirting. And then I guess my, this last year we won nationals for soccer and then COVID happened and here we are. But mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's it, the, I think the scheduling thing is the thing that's the trickiest for me is dealing with classes. So like my training schedule for soccer, the times are different than my training schedule for track in the spring or in like the winter semester. So I have to like, basically like when I'm planning for my schedules, like signing up for classes, I have to like be one, like remember that like, and set up that like first semester soccer, second semester's track. Um, but I've also done things like with our head coach, Jesse, like, because going so long without playing soccer, like I, my touch is definitely rusty when I come back every year. Um, so like there's been times where I've gone out and I've had an, like on my off day for track or a day where I'm just supposed to like work out on my own. Like I'll just go out and kick a ball around and do a couple of drills and stuff. But, um, I think the one thing, the one thing that's tough about scheduling is just like the social aspect. So like when things are happening with track and first semester, like I miss out second semester, things are happening with soccer, like I miss out, but I try and go to all of like the social things as much as I can, but it's sometimes it's just not possible because I also have to do school. So <laughs> You guys, you guys are both students as well as juggling two sports. That's, that's a big third thing to have to deal with. Exactly. And I, I was especially curious with the time commitment with regards to Sophia, because soccer and basketball have a real overlap with each other, unlike uh, soccer and track. Because in a normal year, they both, they both start a preseason in August. And I looked at last year's schedule, and last year there were eight times where there was a soccer and a basketball game on the same day. Like, if you decide to try and stick with both soccer and basketball, do you have an idea of how you're going to try and navigate that? That's a good question. Um, that's where I'm saying, wow, this is a good year for me <laughs> to get started. Um, I'm not too sure. Like, I, I want to try and do what Jess did her first year, be full in uh, for both. I don't know. I guess that wouldn't work <laughs> with that schedule. But right now, I'm pretty much full in for both. Like, I can make... Um, pretty much all soccer practices, all basketball practices with like a little, just sometimes they go lighter on uh, some days, but yeah, I guess we'll see when that comes, what I'll do with that. <laughs> so, so are there days where you have like a full soccer practice and a full basketball practice on the same day? Yeah. yeah. And, and then classes as well? And then, yeah, sometimes there's classes. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how do you, I guess, stay sane during that if you have that crazy of a of a day or that crazy of a week um it's 
good because like like I enjoy going to training so it's like even though it's like physically like tough and sometimes I'm just like physically exhausted it's still like like I enjoy seeing my teammates I love like both my teams so but then the school aspect is where I kind of um don't enjoy as much because at the end of like a long day of training I'm like the last thing I want to do is sit in class for an hour and a half um but I've made it work like my classes have been pretty like good so far where especially with COVID times where I can do them kind of on my own time and I'm only in three courses right now so it's it's been good. <laughs> well you're, you're a first year student too so there's another element of difficulty because you're trying to make this transition from high school to university and get adjusted in a year where everything's been thrown upside down, classes are online, seasons are canceled so you don't even have the full sports schedule. Like how have you been able to find your footing here at, uh, at UBC? Um, yeah it's it's been a little tough like now that we've we're in like six or seven weeks in it's um gotten the hang of it um honestly I think it's it's definitely a lot different than a normal year but like honestly I think it might be even a little better for my situation like especially with the seasons and the not the game games will be overlapping but even with like classes like I said how you can kind of do them on your own time um is really nice so I can like work it around my schedule since my schedule is so like crazy um so I don't know. I guess it'll be super different next year. I'll just have to adapt again, but I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> and, and Jessica, given that you guys are both teammates on the soccer team and that you're now one of the more senior players on that team, is there anything that uh, you guys have done to try and help all the different rookies adjust to this transition on top of everything else that's made it uh, more difficult than normal? I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, we have just tried to make things like as normal as possible. So like making like, you know, training sessions as, you know, upbeat and exciting and fun as they possibly can be. Cause like, I feel like if we all just were like, who cares? Like it would be kind of a waste of all of our time to be out at UBC and training and spending all this time. But I think what we've tried to do is just like, if we can't get, you know, couple of medals at the end of the year like we normally do um I think like just making sure that like training sessions are really upbeat that we take games seriously as if they were you know like regular league games and they counted for something or for some goal and I think it's hard because like we can't do like our team is super social like we love to do outings with like our all of our teammates and doing fun things and activities um yeah, so that that aspect, like, I feel for you guys because, like, that was, like, a highlight of my first year and all of my years is just getting to hang out with everyone. Um, but, like, yeah, like, it's still, I don't know, like, I'm still having fun and, like, like getting my stuff done. And I think I would actually probably be super unhappy if I just decided to stay home and not partake in soccer or track next semester if that's what I'm going to keep doing. Um, yeah, so I think, like, just making sure that, like, we're open and nice and kind and welcoming and just like keeping things like as normal as possible. Cause like that's, and that gives like the experience that we would want them to have. Do you think it's working, Sophia? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Training is so much fun. And yeah. now that we've started games, it's been even more fun. <laughs> uh, one thing I was wondering is whether you guys think there might be some sort of possible advantage you have from playing uh, two different sports? Like, are there things you learn while training for one sport that you're then able to apply to, to the other one? Um, yeah, I think, like, um, in terms of, like, for basketball, like, court awareness and, like, field awareness, like, even though they're, like, 
the course way smaller than the field. I still feel like um, when I'm practicing in basketball, like finding like open player and stuff that like translates to soccer too. Like I feel like that's one area that I kind of excel in is like the awareness just on the field and on the court. I feel like I do that in both sports. So I feel like they go hand in hand with kind of like that aspect. And that definitely helps me when I get to practice it in like both sports. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, what's helped with, uh, like going from soccer to track, um, is I've had experience, like, com- like I've already had a, a whole season of dealing with like the stress of being gone on weekends and like, I'm used to it. So when I come into track, um, like normally like people, like I'm on the sprints team, so they don't have a season, um, in the winter, they just train. So a lot of times when like it comes to like having meets, everyone's like, oh my God, like I'm so stressed out. And I'm like, I already did, I did this stuff last semester. Like I know what I need to do. Um, and like, I think I had a, I definitely had an advantage of dealing with like, um, like pressure in competition. So like I had the opportunity to play a lot of minutes in my first year. So when it came to like track meets and that kind of stuff, like I probably, I wasn't nearly as nervous because I kind of felt like I proved myself in soccer and I can do it in track. doesn't matter if I'm a rookie or whatever year. Um, I also think that like on terms of like the team aspect of soccer, I tried to, I try to bring that to track like as much as I can because like it is an individual sport, but training's a lot more fun and productive if everyone's like working together to make each other better. And sometimes I find that like if people are like kind of off, like doing their own thing and like not talking to people and, I'm just like, hey guys, like, let's, you know, like, let's work together, like, cheering each other on in training when we're doing intervals and stuff. Like, I actually notice, like, whenever I come in, it seems a lot more lively at times because, like, I'm just like that person that's like cheering everyone on. But people don't really do that in track as much. So, yeah. And Jessica, you you'll have an extra year of eligibility added onto uh, your normal schedule because of this canceled season. But given that you are in your fourth year at UBC now, do you have an idea of what you would like to do after UBC, whether athletically or not? Do you think you're going to keep pursuing either one or both of uh, soccer and track? Um, sorry, did you ask if I would pursue it after after yeah. Um, university? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like maybe one day. Like, I think for me, like I had, I'm now in business school, which is something that's like super, super cool and exciting for me because there's so many different jobs and things that I can have and that I never, never would have thought of before. So we'll see. But I think um, like I'm actually, I'll, I need to talk to my coach, but I wouldn't, I would love to see if I could play like semi-professional or like professional somewhere for soccer because I could get like, because I really want to go travel. And so then I could, you know, be on a team, meet some people and get everything kind of paid for while I'm in another part of the world, which is something that I'm super open to doing. And if the opportunity presented itself, I would hundred percent jump on it. No problem. Um, with track, if I start, um, I don't know, like if, if workouts are going really well and I get hungry to kind of, you know, capitalize or my, or actualize my potential in track, like I'm totally open to it, but I just think like, especially with COVID and everything going on, like I'm just taking things like as they come, so we'll see. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm open to it, but I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Sophia. I'm not going to be asking you what your big life plans are. You've are, you're already got enough trying to make the transition just to university be, to, uh, to begin with. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, well, my last question that I have, uh, 
mainly for Jessica, but also Sophia. Is it is it nice having another dual athlete on the team now that you can you can bond with? <laughs> yes, and I I think what's exciting is like there's someone who like finally gets it, um, and I think something that I've like I've kind of been on my own with is you know the like I sometimes like people are like they're I think more in my first year because like it people are used to it now but before it was a kind of a foreign concept having someone doing two sports and like I remember people being like well what are you gonna do in spring season I was like well I'm not gonna be there and they're like what do you mean you're not gonna be there like you're not that's not allowed like whatever and I was like well it's an exception to the rule because I do two sports like I'm sure if you did two sports like our coach would also be <laughs> understanding if you couldn't make it um but I think it's really nice because um I just hope that like I'm I'm, I'm happy that like Jesse like our coach you know suggested to Sophia or whatever happened that she could go play two sports because you know like I've, I've done okay with it and so hopefully it's opening doors that like people like myself and Sophia and other, you know, athletes coming in that like the soccer team is, is like a place where like you can do two sports and it's possible. And I don't think any other teams have really like made that kind of push or been open to it. So yeah, I think it's super, it's super cool. And I don't like lots of guys have done it. So I don't really get like why it hasn't happened before, but like, I'm super excited to have Sophia on the team and I'm so excited to see like where she goes with it. And what about you, Sophia? Is it like having someone who's in their fourth year who's been doing two sports for a while? Yeah, well, kind of like what Jess said, like, I think um, she kind of paved the way for, like, future dual sport athletes <laughs> since, Je like, it's worked out so well with her and Jesse was so happy with it. Like, I think he was super excited to, like, have another opportunity to have a dual sport athlete. And, yeah, like, Jess is definitely a role model of mine, just based off of like how she like presents herself on the field and uh, yeah I can't wait to like learn more from her it's really nice to have her there are there ever times you guys are talking to other athletes and they're complaining about their workload and you're just thinking oh you're just doing one sport you don't even know what it's like all the time <laughs> I never say it out loud but it's in the back of my head yeah, you keep those thoughts to yourself and you just smile mm -hmm. oh I'm so sorry for you it must right? be hard. and then you can just text each other about it now yeah, yeah. <laughs> rolling eyes exactly <laughs> well that's all i have for you guys thank you so much for uh coming on the show is there anything else that you'd like to add before i uh, let you go back to your surely very busy days <laughs> that's all for me but thank yeah. you yeah that's it <laughs> okay well thank you to uh jessica williams of ubc women's soccer and ubc track and also sophia kramer of ubc women's soccer and UBC Women's Basketball for coming on the show. This has been Jake McGrail of CITR Sports. We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? 
UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy. Theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Corey Branson with the News Roundup. Howdy folks, this is Corey Branson with this week's T-Birds News Roundup. It brings me no joy to present to you our top story, but alas, it can't be avoided. Last Thursday, Canada West announced the full cancellation of a number of winter sport competitions for the 2020-2021 school year. For UBC, that means no hockey, basketball, volleyball, or women's rugby. A tough blow for all of us on campus as players, coaches, and fans. This does nothing to change our commitment at CITR Sports to keep producing content for Thunderbird Eye, but do forgive us if we're a little bit bummed. Swimming and track and field competitions were brought up as well. No news, bad or good yet, with the conference deferring their decision until a later date. Regardless of that news, T-Bird Athletics still took place this week. On Saturday, our women's soccer team played a match against Whitecaps FC REX, one of their academy teams, as part of their round-robin exhibition contest with other South BC clubs. The Thunderbirds took it to their opponents, winning the contest 4-0 on the back of a Michelle Jang brace. Jang also had the only goal in last week's match against the Trinity Western Spartans, so she's certainly on form. Danielle Steer and Vanessa Tome added goals, while Sarah Johns provided the clean sheet. Annie Plekas, Mary Nichols, Jade Taylor-Ryan, and Ella Nuttall-Smith, all parts of a stupendous recruitment class for the Thunderbirds, had their university debuts. UBC will wrap up pool play next week against the UFE Cascades. Each of our golf teams participated in meaningful competition as well, with the BC Rivalry Series giving our athletes ample opportunity to tussle with UFV and UBCO. On the women's side, UBC came out victorious in Wednesday's competition at the Sandpiper Golf Course in Harrison Mills, and finished second to the Heat on Thursday when they came closer to home and played at Northview in Surrey. Shania Romandaban and Cecile Kwan shared top individual honors in the first tournament, while Ju Wen finished a stroke back of UBCO's Kaylee Trauman the following day. Our men's team did not reign quite so supreme, as they finished second and third in their two events on the same courses. Keith Ng did take home solo individual honors in the first clash, though a tied for sixth showing was the best a Thunderbird could muster the following day, as Ng, Ethan DeGraff, and Michael Valk all finished in that position. Both teams will return to play next Wednesday, heading back to Northview, though switching from the canal course to the ridge course. On Thursday, they'll cross the river and tackle Mayfair Lakes in Richmond. That's all for me this week, folks. Stay safe. Now here's Mike Liu with the Thunderbirds Alum of the Week. Thanks again for the kind introduction. For our new listeners, the Alum of the Week segment here on CITR Sports looks at notable former UBC athletes not just in their athletic endeavors, but also in their lives outside of sports. We'll be exploring athletes all throughout the history of UBC, so get ready for some incredible stories. This week's alumni is someone who has defined the word excellence both in and out of sport. Doug Clement is a name renowned in both track and medicine, a pioneering figure whose impact can still be seen to this day on our campus. A gifted track and field athlete, 
Clement attended the University of Oregon for a Bachelor's of Science on a Fulbright scholarship. While he was there, Doug was selected to Canada's 4x400-meter relay team, representing his country at the 1952 Olympics in Helsinki. Two years later, he was a member of Canada's team at the 1954 British Empire Games in Vancouver, winning a silver medal as a member of the 4x1400 team. After graduating, Clement enrolled in the UBC School of Medicine, graduating with an MD in 1959. While here at UBC, he competed in both rugby and track and field at the varsity level. He was selected to a second Olympic team, uh, competing in the mile relay for Canada at the 1956 Melbourne Olympics. Following the Empire Games, he retired, beginning his general practice in Richmond in 1959. However, his legacy doesn't end there. He and his wife Diane co-founded the Richmond Kajax, uh, a track and field club that he coached in and produced many world-class athletes. His best-known contributions, however, are in the field of sports medicine. He was a pioneer, his findings and his research and medical case studies instrumental to the emergence of sports medicine in Canada. Dr. Clement not only practiced, researched, and studied sports medicine, but taught this specialty at Simon Fraser University from 1976 to 1979, and at UBC from 1979 through the 1990s, gaining professor status in 1990. It was during this time in 1979 that he launched a UBC sports medicine clinic, one that provides for many varsity athletes to this day. Dr. Clement served as the middle distance track coach for UBC from 1980 to 1987 and was later selected to be on Team Canada's medical team for numerous international events, as well as being a medical staff member for the Vancouver Canucks. Doug has been recognized not only for his athletic achievements, but also his coaching and medical accomplishments. The Longines Vitanauer Award, Sports Medicine Council Lifetime Achievement Award, and the Order of Canada are just some of the accolades he has been bestowed. Clement is inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame and the UBC Sports Hall of Fame. The Clement track at Minroo Park bears his name. To this day, Doug and Diane Clement still orchestrate many of Vancouver, as well as Canada's most important track meets, one of which includes the Sun Run, uh, which they founded. Truly incredible individual, Doug serves as an inspiration for many, that excellence can be achieved in any field that you desire. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, and Mike Liu. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, check it out.